Oh, Nicki Minaj. Are you dumb? You a pink diamond chicken wing chain. Are you dumb? You had a leopard beehive on your head. Are you dumb? Are you forgetting that I pressed you before, bitch? Fuck Nicki Minaj. I fuck with your soul like she the. You ain't the queen, I'll show you. Nah. Like on your ass and belly. Lose. I prove you lost the ready. They told you your whole career, I come home and kill you, right? I told you I wasn't talking about your dumb ass. What up, though? Episode 181 of the I Heart Miko podcast. I am Miko Grimes, and it is officially, officially football season. We just had week one of the NFL season. There's so much to talk about. The biggest story in the news outside of Antonio Brown is the Miami Dolphins and I had to have my homeboy, my ex-husband, Omar Kelly, on to join me. What's up, Omar? How you doing, Miko? I'm doing great. First, before we get into all the shenanigans, I want to absolutely talk to you about the AFC East. But I also want to talk to you about Africa. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You, you of all people, you need to do that trip. I mean, there. There is something I, I I don't know if I could ever say it felt like home. Like I've been to Jamaica where I was born. That did not feel like home. Um, Africa felt like home. Going to the castle that they basically stored and shipped slaves from. One there are three castles, and basically sixty million slaves were captured and shipped in the transatlantic slave trade. Only 20 million survived. Keep that in mind. Um, but being there, feeling that experience, and being in the same place where they stored 400 male slaves at a time, you just felt it. You, you felt it was heavy. It weighed on you. Yeah. It, I don't know if you've ever been in America and been able to go to the plantations that they have in Virginia and, and Georgia. South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. But th- that's that's the finished product. But being at the starting point, it's it's just a weight that's heavy on me, and it still sits on me. Now you didn't go over there for a pleasure trip. You went for a wedding. Your best friend got married. But yeah. I followed your story. I looked at it, and you guys did a lot of shit. Like you didn't just go over there and have a wedding. You guys did some discovery, like you said. You went. Yeah. Some important uh, architect and, and did some educational shit too. Why? Why did you like? How did you figure out where to go? Who? Who's yeah. from there? My best friend Questy. His father lives there, and his father's from there. And he's a he's a big businessman there. And really, they have been planning and orchestrating this wedding for years at a time. This was their second trip over, second, maybe third trip over to Ghana. Um, and they wanted to, they, this is the return. Uh, this is the year of the return, which is 400 years ago, was, which is when they began the transcontinental shipment of slaves as cargo to Africa. The whole point is Ghana is the center and the hub of what they want Africans to return. And, and here's one thing that really sits with me now. You know how people have struggled to figure out what to call us, people of, people of color? Yeah. Black, um, at colored, Negro. Um, right. I, you know, and, and everybody's like, oh, I'm not African-American. No, no you, you are African-American. And to understand what the difference is, 
we all originated from Africa. And to understand the power and the influence that that continent has as a motherland, yeah, it's not nowhere near where it needs to be. You can't, the biggest struggle that we had was you cannot drink their water. You can't even brush the teeth with their water. Um, but the resources that are there, it has everything that you need. The problem is the infrastructure is not where it needs to be. And really the hope is that American African-Americans will come back and help take what we've learned in America and help establish that country. Right now, you know who's building Africa and the infrastructure of Africa? Oh, who is it? The Chinese and the Japanese. They always in some shit. And they're taking all the resources. It's the most resource-rich uh, continent in the world. And they're taking all the resources. You know, I, I feel you on that. I personally would love to move back to Africa. I would love to just leave the United States altogether. It's I, not ready for a move back. It's not re- I will say this. It is not ready for a move back. I know. I'm not ready either. I'm just saying if it was all set up and put together, I would yeah. enjoy this. I just happen to have a significant other that I would have to yeah. do. But here's the thing, and this is what we have to really consider and realize. Yes, the infrastructure is not there. But who's responsible for building that infrastructure, if not us? Who's, who's responsible for leading the way of business and, e- and e-commerce and econ? The world is so small right now because of all the, you know, all, all, how connected we are. You could buy something from Taiwan and get it in, a, in, a, in a, a week's time. Why is it that we can't support and buy, and we say this in America, stuff from Ghana or stuff from Nigeria or stuff from Ethiopia and 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 support them so that their economy can grow. I feel you, Omar. Like you know, we we're struggle in, to support we're each here. other. So yeah, we're here in the United States, and we don't support each other. We got friends and family members that don't yeah, even support we, their own we, people. We don't have that conversation a lot, and we got a lot of work to do as people. We um, we got to just leave some people behind. I feel like we just gotta go. Leave, you know, before people niggas behind. That's what you said. We leave the niggas behind. I said this before, and I was like, back in the day, if you had disobedient, unhonorable, you know, unproud black people, you could just shoot them motherfuckers and keep it moving. Now we can't do that. Now we just gotta leave them behind. We gotta leave them to their own shit and and figure it out. That's why I'm just like. I don't know when it's going to happen, how long it's going to take, but I just hope our people eventually come together and figure out we're stronger together. Like, we really are stronger together, and it's important for us to know our history, and once we learn our history, we will become proud after yeah. I, Here's the thing, and I, I don't know if you've read Jamel, Jamel Hill's co- uh, column about um, athletes going to and supporting I sparked that whole conversation with her when I had her on my podcast and I went to an HBCU as you know and there are certain drawbacks to it but then there are also certain benefits to it and the benefit is no matter what class I, I attended I learned the, the cultural and African American significance of the context of that class like, I, I was amazed at how much blacks invented, including, you know, rum. Like, I was amazed at how much black people, people of color, invented 
that we don't get credit for. We are so resourceful. Because we don't write the books, Omar. We don't get to tell the stories. That's, That's true. the biggest hypocrite of America is they write the stories, they tell the history so they get to control the narrative. I, I you know, and I, I realize now, you know, even though I'm just a sports journalist, I am a writer, I'm a creator, as are you. And history will record what we do. History is recording what we do. And we create the, 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 the recordings. If we don't do it, nobody else will. And, and that's why it's important that we stay responsible in what we do and, and the conversations that we spark. You know how many times I've heard since I've been sharing my experience, go back to Africa, you like it so much, go back to Africa? And, or, or how much, oh, well, you know, 60 million slaves. Well, who captured those slaves and sold them to, you know, you people sold yourself. Okay, that makes it right, that makes it better. What these people don't understand is that there were tribal wars going on. So. Yes, you capture slaves, and if you, you capture slaves in a tribal war, and yes, you sold them to the Portuguese or the Dutch for guns so that you can continue to win your tribal war. Okay, did you know what was going to happen to these people? Did, did, did the Africans who sold these slaves, to these people into slavery for guns, did they know exactly what was going to happen to these people? But again... It's about reshaping our history. Here's, well, here's how you start reshaping your history, black people that are listening to this. You have to talk to your grandmas, your madias, your great grandparents. They will tell you the stories. This country is lying about what took place in our past. You have to talk to your elders and hear their version of everything so that we can tell our story. We will be the future. We will be writing the books. That's why I tell my, my dad comes and visits me and I allow him to tell my son as much about his history and our family as he can so that my son can then pass on our history. That's how we have to do it because we can't trust yeah. America to tell our history. My son had an African-American history class last year in second grade and the fucking teacher started off African-American history with slavery. Like, bitch, that's not how we started our life. We didn't just fall out of the fucking sky as a... Hold on, hold on, wait a minute. They don't record that. They don't record what happened in Ethiopia. They knocked off the noses off the pyramids just so that they wouldn't, you wouldn't recognize they were black. Exactly. You it's don't get... I can honestly tell you, um, fam, you, you know, I went to African-American schools my entire life, had tons of African-American teachers. Fam, you taught me African-American history. And you're not getting that education everywhere. You can get African-American history class at, at Florida State University. You're still not getting that education. So many bars, Omar. I, I enjoyed your trip. Thanks for sharing it with us. It was pretty fucking cool. What's crazy is I had two people in Ghana at the exact same time. Really? So McCautry was out there doing some basketball stuff with some kids. And I was like, how the fuck are two of my big homies in Ghana at the same time. I felt like I was supposed to be there. You, you probably were. I, I would strongly encourage you. It, it's a must. It is a must-do trip. And just from, like, the seeds planted inside me mm -hmm. haven't gone anywhere. And I, I know I have to do more. I know I have to create more of an awakening. And this is the year of the return. And I think it's important to 
have everybody at least look up what the year of the return is about so that they can understand and educate themselves. Ghana is an English-speaking nation. They speak English as their primary language. Now, they've got about 12 other languages, including Twi, which is the native language, but they speak English. There is so much that we need to learn about Africa and the Ivory Coast and, and that continent. And I think it's just important for everybody to just set foot on Africa. If you are of African descent, and that means you got some color or pigment in your skin, just set foot on Africa and, and watch what, what moves through you spiritually. Yeah, Aiden asked for a passport this year. He asked, he asked for a passport. He said, I'm ready for some stamps. And I, said, for some stamps. and I said, where do you want to go, Aiden? And guess what his first request was? Africa? Yes. Aiden wants to go to Africa real bad. And I'm going to make sure I make that happen for him. Because when you got an eight-year-old requesting to go to Africa, that's right there alone. That, I, it just made me like, oh, my God. He didn't that's ask to go anywhere goofy. He asked for a passport for his birthday this year, next month. And he's like, I want to go to Africa. That's where it starts. I mean, it starts with this generation I mean, think about it. When we were growing up, if you wanted to learn about Africa, you had to go to the encyclopedia and look at pictures. You yeah. know, you were, you were be, and, and to tell you the truth, I'm 42 years old. And when I saw Africa and it was nothing like I expected it to be. I mean, we went to the club and, and there was for I, I saw y'all working and turning up. Yeah, it, there was Ferraris and Bentley's parked outside. And it, it, it's like, it was nothing. Yes, you see people walking the streets with, you know, stuff on their, you know, uh, 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 treasure chests and things they're trying to sell on, on their head. And not everybody lives like that, but not everybody lives in sheer abject poverty either. Yeah, because they want to lie to us and make us think that it's so awful over there. Like, come on. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's get to this sporting news, this football news. Um, I'm hearing an echo right now. I yeah, I don't know if that's me or that's you or what I need to do. or um, let let's, let's just keep it rolling. See, I hear myself. I wasn't before. What the hell is that? Can you put the earbuds in my I took it out. I took it out. Let me try to put it back in and see what's what's what's... Let me pause this real quick. Okay, talk again. Testing one, two, three. Testing. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Okay, I right. can't hear myself now. Okay, nope. perfect, perfect. Okay, so first things first. The dolph- I want. I don't want to be wrong, but I feel like the Dolphins lost to like a hundred to something the last two times they played the Ravens. Yes, the Ravens. I'm, I'm not wrong. The Ravens have blown them out the previous two times outside of the 59-10 embarrassment of a season opener. Um, I've always said the Ravens are the Debo. They are the gold standard to me for, yeah, the Dolphins have no issues beating the Patriots at home. It's the Ravens that they've really just been beaten down by. They play a physical style of football that clearly this team cannot handle, can cannot can cannot they don't do business with that style of football and they really haven't for the for the past decade even going back to the tony sperano dolphins to the joe philbin dolphins they, this team can't handle that physical style but there's so few teams that play that physical style 
But that's not why they got beat down. The Dolphins got beat down because they purposely created a insufficient roster. 13 newcomers added, not, uh, uh, basically 11 of them played in the season opener, despite only taking part in two real practices. I saw, I saw Fitz say he was just meeting people on Friday who were supposed to be protecting him on his line. Yeah, um, the new guy, the, the, he didn't play. Uh, you're talking about DeMar, DeMarcus Webb. But, you know, the new line, that was the first time they'd really played all together. Um, they've got Jesse Davis playing a right guard, playing left tackle. They've got, um, the, the, you know, uh, the, uh, Julian Davenport, the guy who led the NFL in sacks allowed and, and penalties last year, playing right tackle. Uh, Danny Isadora, who playing right guard with one bad hamstring. I mean, but hey, this, no. <laughs> this, is, this is what it is about this team and this season. They purposely created a bad roster. I mean, intentionally doing it so that the team wouldn't be competitive and would end up with the number one draft pick. But from my perspective, and I, I totally support the Tank for Tua crusade. I totally believe that is the only way that this franchise gets off this mediocrity merry-go-round. They have to get a franchise elite quarterback difference maker without having to overpay it. And tanking is the only way to do it. But you already made an incomplete roster worse this in the past week. Yeah, because I talked to you in preseason and training camp, but you already said the roster was weak. And oh, yeah. then weaker. So how how do you get your team to compete and at least fight for you or anything when you're doing stuff like that? And then you're lying in the media saying we're not tanking. And it's clear. What what are they doing, Omar? And and this is Players are not stupid. Players have known, have been told, and mm -hmm. it's clear. Like, the, the, the players addressed to me, like, dude, the week before, I mean, days before you start, the day before we start our first practice for our season opener, you cut our starting pass rusher after cutting the other starter, the, the weekend cutting the 53-man roster. And, yeah, Tank Carradine and, and Nate Orchard aren't anything to write home about but they were better than the undrafted rookie that you did put in there as a starter. So, and we know this because we've seen them practice for a good month, if not all of OTAs. You can't sit here and tell us we're trying to win when you do maneuvers like that. When My you question, like I have that. a question for you, Omar. Yeah. How do you tank for Tua and you don't have an offensive line once he gets here? How does that make sense? They got $100 million. They got... 13 draft picks next oh my, year. You have been telling me since I met you. I met you in 2013 yes. that this team has never had a good offensive line. Hey, 2016, the Unicorns offensive line with Mike Pouncey, they were good. That, how that, can I trust that this organization can put together an offensive line if in the last six years they haven't been able to? You can't trust them. You can't trust them. I, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. You can't. Here's the problem that I have with, with what we're doing, and I understand it all starts with the quarterback. That is the foundational piece. Right. I get that. Okay, you got a plan to get that quarterback. But now you're saying to me that trust us that we'll get everything else around him once we get the quarterback. And I will say to you, Chris Greer is the same man who's been here, been part of those front office for 20 years. 
20 years he's 20. been he's been a voice in this organization if not a leading voice if you look at his past couple of drafts they was eh okay and now you're saying to me hey trust us and i do agree i do believe from what i'm told they that they have a the assistant gm marvin allen is universally viewed as the top college scout in all of america he is the guy that everybody goes to when he says somebody could play they could play and he's the number two guy here with the dolphins organization um however i'm a firm believer that leadership is critical and important and i have come to the conclusion and the understanding that leadership within the Dolphins organization from Steve Ross, with the exception of, of Tom Garfinkel and, and his staff, the business side, like, let's separate the business side. They're good. They can sell you, uh, 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 they can sell you sand in the desert because clearly <laughs> for you to sell 63,000 tickets right. to this team, this team, this, this team, it shows that you got some ability and the amount of, of building and, and, and the stadium is amazing. The stadium is amazing. I, I got to say, I do like the stadium. I don't like that everybody gets wet. I'll never understand why all the Florida stadiums don't have a roof as hot as it is. The craziest shit ever. But the stadium is dope. They want you to sweat. Now, that's, a, that's a, an advantage to them. They, that's that, the shit I ever heard in my life. I, I, no player at play for the Dolphins has ever said, I have an advantage practicing in 100-degree weather all year. No, you do not. That is not an advantage. That's a weakness, in my opinion. Uh, I, when at 3 o'clock, when that sun just rolled, it's shaded on one side, and it's, it's, the sun's blaring on the visitor side, I, I, you know, they, they had a great deal of success in the early 80s playing, sweating teams out. And, but then again, having Dan Marino, it helps. Um, and, and they uh, still believe that. They still believe that. Yeah, you had Dan Marino. And, yeah. and I guarantee you, if you had a good quarterback now, that shit wouldn't matter. By 3 o'clock, the Dolphins is usually done anyway. This game is fucking over. Nobody cared if the Suns hey. on the other team side. Hey, listen. The, the goal is to get it to the fourth quarter, and then you see what happens. Oh. Yeah, the goal is to get it to the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, the game was done on Sunday in on the first play. In the, the first fucking play of bu- – Yo, let me tell you. So I was, you know, Brent went to the game. We've been to every home game so far, even the preseason. We live here. We don't have shit else to do. We like football. I didn't go to the game because Aiden and I relapsed. We both got sick again because we're, it's crazy. Like when you're taken care of, like I was sick first and Aiden was like my little nurse. He like sleeps up under me. He kisses me, makes me feel good. And then I got better and he got sick. So then I'm doing it to him. So we kind of like passed this germ around. So Sunday morning I woke up and I was like, Brent, I, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not feeling good. Aiden's coughing. We're just going to sit this one out. When I was here watching the game, I couldn't have been more happy for myself that I sat out a fucking 59 to 10 Ass whooping. I mean, it would have been. I'm sure you would have enjoyed watching Lamarcus Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson. Just I watched him last year. We played him. We played in Tampa. We avoided Brent damn near the whole game. But it was. I like. I enjoy watching him. This this game looked completely different than the, the games that I saw of him last year. Um, he looked nobody, like a quarterback. 
Yeah, because last year he did not. He looked yeah. like a running back playing quarterback. That's and correct. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I don't I don't think that's a problem, to be he honest. He got his team to the playoffs. He got to the playoffs. And now it appears that he's getting more comfortable. They've got some good play schemes for him. Anytime you have a running game and you can, uh, you know, basically get everybody in the box trying to stop the run, you it makes your passing game easier. And he looked great. He looked great. I mean, I don't, don't, don't discredit the Dolphins secondary, too. Cause, yeah, uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's the same thing as watching the Cowboys game. I can't really say the Cowboys are incredible. They were playing the Giants. So I would like to see the Ravens against, you know, their division teams. But right now, I got no complaints. The Ravens impressed me. They did what they needed to do because they could have just come in here and barely beat the Dolphins. You, they you, smacked them. You realize that the Ravens are rebuilding at yes. right now. And, and that's just that's, – that's about management and leadership and vision. And Ozzie Newsom isn't even there. But for them to go get Mark Ingram, which was a perfect fit for this team, yeah. they play a smash-mouth style of football. And – I, I admire, I respect it. I always believe that that's how teams should play or teams should be built. They get rid of all their pass rushes. They get rid of all their linebackers. And you don't notice the difference. Now, certainly it was against the Dolphins, which, you know, it ain't going to be hard for teams to beat up on the Dolphins. Um, they're not exactly a great measuring stick. But I got to admire what Baltimore and John Harbaugh have done and continue to do. So let me ask you this. Now, obviously, we all know that the tank is in – the ownership and the and the GMs and the coaches are saying, no, it's not, it's not. And then when the players get out there and they, and they see that they, their roster is depleted, um, I could I could question a lot of play calling, a lot yeah. of team. I know Derry is warped. However, they were in bad situations. I don't understand why they were in so much press in certain situations. Like, what do you you're, you're hurting them? When we hear players are saying, I want out, and then the front office is saying, that's not true. We haven't heard from anybody. What have you heard? Is that true? Are players yes. asking to get the fuck out of Miami? They're not asking. They're open. They're definitely interested in getting out. I mean, nobody – and, and I'm going to be real with you because you, it's you. Nobody want to be part of that shit. No, nobody wants to be part of that shit. You, everybody knows what's going on. And I – I have said and including continue to say to the players from the long-term benefit of it you got to take this L you got to take this L if you because you're going to get a quarterback that is probably the cleanest draft quarterback since Andrew Luck and if you can get a player like that who could be cheap and change the trajectory of your franchise and you got a hundred million dollars in cap space to spend you got 13 draft picks you will have a good future. It's just going to take a lot of suffering right now. I think what players are not okay with is that they feel like the organization is sabotaging them. Just They want a chance. They understand what's going on, but they want a chance to go into Sunday with an opportunity to win a game. And when you do something like trade your left tackle the week before the season starts – um, trade your best receiver the week before the season starts. Yeah, Kiko Alonso wanted out. Of, you know, there are players who wanted out, and they have some of them have been moved. Kiko Alonso's like, I'm not. I want to be part of this fuck shit. And there are a lot of players who don't want to be part of this fuck shit. And the problem is, some of them, like Rashad Jones, can't be moved because of their contract. Others, like Xavier Howard, 
he had they just paid 50 million dollars for him so whoever wants Xavier is going to have to come up with two first round picks to go get him otherwise it doesn't make sense for the organization and truthfully speaking they shouldn't let everybody who wants to be free free um and I'm not saying that either of those players have told me that they want to be out but they certainly are not in agreement with what the hell is going on there now that we know that the Dolphins are tanking, we got 15 of these left. Yeah. And unfortunately, after such a beating, in come the New England Patriots uh-huh. with their new baby, Antonio Brown, and this depleted secondary. What can we expect? Now, normally, I was trying to say, explain this to people. Normally, the Patriots look really bad early in the season. They Everybody's do. beating them. They're out working on the run game. Yes, they're, Sunday they looked like they just got done playing the Super Bowl, and they didn't even have Antonio Brown. I think I think it was more the Steelers did not look right because they didn't play a lot of their starters during the exhibition season. And, and we all know that at the, the real exhibition season is the first month of the year right now. Um, New, England, New England looked well greased and oiled up, as they should, because they really didn't lose that much of, of significance this offseason. And I think they added quite a lot. You got Josh Gordon back. You got Antonio Brown coming. Um, certainly they don't have a tight end, but their young running backs have, have elevated their game. Their offensive line's a little bit better. Yeah, this is going to be a tough test, as Patriots are always a tough test. But the Dolphins have beaten them four out of five times at, at Sun Life Stadium. So it'll be interesting to see, but I don't, I don't expect Omar, I don't like that stat. I don't like that y'all try to use that stat that the Dolphins are beating the Patriots. First of all, majority of those wins are wins like the Patriots are, are not playing people because it's going into the playoffs. Like, it's, it's a lot of bullshit. In yeah. that statistic, that's why I tell people all the time: numbers fucking live. You saw that stat that the Dolphins have beat the Patriots. They have. They home. have. It's you a might be, stat. The Miami Miracle. There was one game where the Patriots were working on their run game for the playoffs, and I was here for three of those. Yeah. FYI. And and, and 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 there's the Michael Thomas interception game. I was here. I was here for that one. I was yeah. present. It it, it it's it's. It's always been, you know, but that's what happens in NFL games. If you take it to the fourth quarter, you got a chance to win. And, and that's really the, 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 the game plan for this organization. Let's get into the fourth quarter, give ourselves a chance to win. You never know when my, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to throw up a Hail Mary and, and his receiver brings it down. I mean, th- the problem is that they're not doing a good job or at least having in the season opener of making the games competitive. And that's what they really need to work on. Establishing a run, setting the edge better, tackling better, less than 13 penalties. They got to they gotta clean up a lot of things. Um, and then coaching. This is what I respect about what's happened this week. All of the coach, because clearly they realize the locker room is a, like, y'all on some fuck shit. Like, bottom line, y'all you know, on some We off shit. y'all. We are off y'all, motherfuckers. Yeah. Is that clear today, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and contracts are guaranteed today. So, today. so what's up? And they, the coaches have come in and said, hey, we fucked up. We got to do a better job. And they did. And it's about, okay, you're going to hold these players accountable. Well, you need to hold yourself accountable because y'all did some fucked up shit in game planning and, and calling the game. And 
it's not all on players. Yes, execution was an issue, but coaching was just as much yeah. of an issue as execution. So what can we expect Sunday? I will be there tailgating. You got to pull up. I'm making some vegan uh, – I'm calling it corn chowder because there ain't no clams in that bitch. I'm making some vegan corn chowder. Maybe make some uh, crab cakes because it's, you know, New England. You don't have crabs in there? I actually, I actually am going to – the crab cakes are going to be real crab. Okay. There's going to be real meat in them, but the, the clam chowder is not. You know I ain't about that vegan bullshit life. Anyway. <laughs> That's the best life. But, you know – I'm a carnivore, Miko. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> That's why I say I'm gonna have crab cakes for you meat eating motherfuckers. That's actually the only meat I consume is crab. The okay. only one. So I may partake as well. But what at one o'clock, what can we expect from the Dolphins against the New England Patriots? Are we gonna see another fifty ball on the schedule on the on the points? Or do you think that the coaches will at least try to trick us or fool us into believing that they're not trying to tank? I think you'll see uh, the Patriots working on, which is working on a lot of the things that they're not good at in particular and testing out. Yeah. You got to get, you got to, you got to take care of business against the Steelers because the Steelers are probably going to be contending for home field advantage with you if you're new England. So you need that edge, but the dolphins, you, you're going to see the Patriots get back to what the Patriots do, which is experiment with a lot of stuff in the beginning of the season, probably have a good 15-play package for Antonio Brown for him to feel comfortable and get the used to it. The A-B package will definitely yeah. be in effect. Yeah, probably work on a little bit of their the, the tight end game and, and, and probably see if they could establish some chemistry on the offensive line. You're going to see you – know, you know the game. You're going to see the Patriots experiment and try to figure out who they are because that's what they do the first month of the year. Now, Xavier Howard got the, got the bag, uh, is, is your number one corner. Will we see any man-to-man, one-on-one matchups shadowing? Because when Brent Grimes was in Miami, he shadowed the number one receivers. Will we get to see any of that? I don't think that that's necessary or wise. And let me explain why. Because when, when you have all this him moving around and players got to move around with them too, that creates so much confusion. It's like, okay, pick one, Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown. Like either, either way, you at a loss. You might as well just let him get comfortable on one side. Let, it, let Eric Rowe get comfortable on one side and see if maybe that will improve because Eric got targeted Wait, wait, is Eric Rowe number 21? Yes. Oh, he got to pass the sticks. He got to pass the sticks, Omar. He got embarrassed multiple times in that game. Is he a rookie? No, he's a former Patriots starter. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, that is him. Why did he look so bad? Because he – Game – he not that good. That's why he looks. I forgot that, that that was now. him. I completely forgot that that is that person. People, people forget, and you notice from Brent's situation, when you're Brent Grimes or you're Xavier Howard and teams see you lined up, Tom Brady ain't going to try that. He going to the other side. And that. The, yeah. And so the, you become the target. Like, Eric Rowe has a target on his back. And to me, and I'll say this to you, they're really putting him at a disadvantage because he's not even their best, second-best cornerback. They can right now put 
Minka Fitzpatrick on the boundary. And I really do believe that bound cornerback is Minka's true position, and he would play better in that than having him sit here shadowing tight ends and covering tight ends. Because now, I saw Minka get ran the fuck by in the game, too, now. He, he looked like he and, – and granted, I understand that there was a bad scheme. I, I'm, I know that he should have not been one-on-one in that situation. Marquis Brown, that dude was fast. And yes. Fast. I don't understand why anybody would put him in that situation. However, he looked bad as well. So you're telling yeah. me he's better on the boundary? He's better. He's better on the boundary. I think what they've done is they made him the rover and they give him, he does nickel. He does coverage of lot. He does coverage of tight ends. He's lined up with the linebackers. And, and truthfully, I think they put too much on his plate. Yeah, he's from Alabama. Yeah, he's a good athlete, but he's not ready for all the things that you're asking him to do right now. And they'll, they, I, I saw him sit down with Brian Flores in the lunchroom, and they were having a nice little animated talk. And Minka, Minka's, Minka's having in a bit of a sophomore slump, and they need to figure out a way to get him confident again. And I think that that could be just asking him to do one simple thing. Well... I will be there. It's a lot. Um, it's I'm a hoping, lot. I'm I, don't know, I don't know why you will be there because I, Omar, I am. I live in Davie. I'm a football fan. My husband is waiting for the right opportunity. What else do I have to do? Like hey, I, I, I need to be the quarterback. And, I'm just no, saying. No, no. <laughs> you know how much it would cost for them to get Brent Grimes back in the aqua and orange. You know the. You know the amount of money. That I'm, Miko Grimes will require. I'm putting, I'm putting a number at ten million. That's a minimum. <laughs> that, yeah. And his wife would like an apology for the lies you told on her. That ain't gonna happen. Never happened. So we will not be returned. I mean, but y'all be at the game and every. It's funny how I I I can't go a week without hearing about y'all and and hearing about Brent and and oh Brent's here and I'm like okay yeah Brent's. Like, they live here. You know why we're here? We, outside of being here, we have created such a great relationship with the Dolphins fan base. People somehow think that all the Dolphins hate us. No, they don't. Just the fucking losers, the Ryan Tannehill stands hate us. Real true Dolphin fans that know what the fuck is going on, they love us. We have free tickets to every game. Yeah. Every game. Listen. Like, come on. It, it, it's funny how, and, and I, I have this conversation with a lot of the former pros that have played here for this organization, and yeah, they get it. It's a business, but like this, this organization is, it's not healthy, and until it gets healthy, you're going to be letting good players go for no reason, just, just fuck shit. For just, no reason. There was no reason to let Brent Grimes go. The minute I saw that they were trying to get rid of him, the minute they started discussing this whole changing the contract because the guaranteed money was up, I was like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. We would like to just be free agents and just go where we're going. And they said, no, you can't be a free agent. You're staying here. What? You can't tell Miko Grimes that because now I got to act a whole monkey with you. Here's the biggest issue that I have with the NFL, and I will eventually address this this season. It's, and this is not just the fan base, but the organization. Fans and people in the organization have a problem when players like Antonio Brown make business decisions. Right. But when they make business decisions, Fine. it's all good. It's, it's, it is what it is. But A.B. made a business decision, and 
I supported him the whole way. Yeah, you sometimes, I, sometimes you got to act like a fool to get your freedom. And people don't realize. Omar, has never been a I hope you don't think this was all planned by him. I hope you don't think that. Nobody I, cries for their job the day before and begs the team to forgive them. If it's really your plan to leave, why would you do no, that? No, no, no. He begged the team to forgive them with the hope that they would not void his contract. And Correct. So you, want, so you and wanted to say when that. He got that when, they, when they voided it, he was like, oh, no, I'm out this bitch. Who, who wouldn't want to leave? Who wants to play for non-guaranteed I, money? I don't – I believe that he – did not believe in that organization. No, you. who cares? Do you know how many organizations that we didn't believe in that we still took the money? I didn't believe in the Dolphins, at, never. I didn't believe in the Bucks. I'm going to say this. The first year in, my, in Tampa, I had hope. Yeah. That was it. I ain't believed in no team he's played for in six years. But guess what? I wanted the money, so I didn't give a fuck. Antonio Brown wanted his $30 million, and he would have been in the black and silver yesterday had they given him his $30 and, million. And here's where I disagree with you. I think it's orchestrated. When they decided to void his contract, he was like, oh, no. Omar, we don't disagree. Out. We don't disagree in that. If anybody would. Julio Jones wouldn't even play. Julio yeah. Jones was in the exact same situation as Antonio Brown and non-guaranteed money, and he refused to play. The only difference is he didn't ask to be cut because he believes in the Falcons. Antonio does not believe in the Raiders, so he does not want to play for non-guaranteed money, and he absolutely should not and should have asked to be traded. I agree with that 100%. But ain't no fucking way. Release. Not traded, released. Yes, released. You don't realize he's never been a free agent. Never. never, never. And no. his first opportunity to be a free agent, uh, all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh, the Patriots ain't about that bullshit." Oh no, the Patriots is about the bullshit. Patriots are the bullshit. <laughs> this is their mo. Yeah. This is oh. a, this is a win for the Patriots. A one hundred percent win. The only way they lose is if Antonio Brown somehow punches Tom Brady and he breaks his arm or something like that. If Tom Brady's fine, this is a win. I'm, they, I'm, they I'm shocked that they gave him all that guarantee money. I'm nine million, you think $9 million is a lot of money? Brent Grimes made eight and a half last year and it was year 13. No, but serious? he's going to get 10. I mean, for receivers, 15 is really the He the doesn't bar. have $15 million, Omar. He's got a way to get it, though. Omar, do you understand how though that goes? Should I break it down to you? Please, please how break it down. all incentives go? Yeah. You get $500,000 if you lead the league in receptions. You get a million dollars if you lead the league in touchdowns. You get a million dollars if you make – He can do all of that. He can do all of that. Not if they don't want him to. That's true. You they are, have you two are, other right. receivers they okay. can throw the ball to all right. and make his numbers not look like they look in Pittsburgh. It's about to be a slow burn with A.B. in terms of, oh, he learning the offense for the first month of the year, and then they're going to unleash him. But he's and, the fun, and then when they said, oh, he's got $20 million he can make next, the next year, guess who also had $20 million they could make the, year, the next year and got cut? Darrell Revis had the exact same contract as Antonio Brown, and they cut that ass right after the season. You're not getting that $20 million. What they probably will do if Antonio Brown plays great, he's a fucking great player, okay? 
if he shuts his mouth and accepts his role on that team and everything goes well and they get to the playoffs, win or lose Super Bowl, doesn't matter. It's all about him gelling with the team and understanding his role and, and not being a distraction. Not being crazy. They will, they will restructure him for 2020. They're not giving him – the Patriots don't pay nobody. Nobody. They pay some players. They pay they some pay. players. Who they pay? Um, the linebacker, uh, even though they made him restructure his deal. Um, oh, it was a restructure. No, 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 no. They paid Stephen Gilmore. They paid um, the line. No, did he just sign with somebody? No, they, they don't pay nobody. They will restructure the fuck out of you and make it look like they paid you. But the Patriots always win. And that's why I have to take my hat off to that organization. They are fucking incredible. Not just on the field, off the field. They cheat. They do whatever they can to get Show me how incredible you could be when you don't have Tom Brady. Because we'll never know, because that motherfucker ain't never gonna retire. It seems like. <laughs> Speaking of that, the, the 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 AFC East. First of all, the Dolphins should not be in the AFC East. Let's just keep it real. You are going to Buffalo, New Jersey, and New England. Why the fuck are the Dolphins there? That is an unfair advantage to all those teams who literally have less than an hour trip to each other. And the do- they come to Miami for vacation. Motherfuckers get off the plane in shorts and shit, sunglasses. Coming down here to play them is a vacation. And the Dolphins have to go up there three times a year. Blizzards, snow, bad weather. That's fucked up. I'm, I'm just so about, they wanted it for the rivalries that they've always been there. Like, I think the Dolphins were in the AFC South at one point or the consideration. Where they should be. So, so you guys had, there was a, Those another. Some whack trips. Yeah. I would make those trips. But at least it's short for the players and the weather is comparable. Like, it's, it's equivalent. It's close anyway. But so so the 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 to get back on the track of AFCs, the Bills played the Jets this weekend. Now my friend hit me up. He's a gambler, pissed off, saying he bet on the Jets and Bills. And here's what I said to him: First of all, any AFC East teams that are not playing the Patriots, never bet on them because them shits can go either way. Just let them shits go. Yeah. And we saw that the Jets were up like what fifteen to nothing or something like that. And ended up losing 16 to 15. The, which team is better, in your opinion, the Bills or the Jets? I think it's the Jets, but I think that the, the, their coaches, particularly Adam Gates, has to get out of his own way. Um, you know, there are stories now about how he's making excuses and throwing people under the bus, which is the Adam Gates way. That is what he did when he was in Miami. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, I don't know how, who's surprised about that. Um, and, and as I've said, maturation for Gays is going to, I think he's a good coach. He's got to mature. And I don't really have any indications right now that he's maturing, but I, I'm not, I'm not a Josh Allen fan. I just can't be. He's so erratic and inconsistent. Uh, hell, they shed LaShawn McCoy. Like you can't believe in that talent base. I like the people. I know the people running the organization. I like the people running the organization, but I just don't believe in their talent. So you're saying that uh, the Jets are better, but yeah. not which which team is better? Which quarter, which quarterback is better? 
Sam Darnold is better. But I think it's going to take the Jets a minute. Keep in mind, they're learning a new defense, learning a new offense. And people don't realize that takes a minute. That takes a couple of games. It takes a, a little minute for them to mesh and gel and, and sort of create, create some synergy. And it's just going to be – Buffalo might have the head start because they've, they've, they've been well-established. Now, do they have a lot of talent? No, but they, they know what they're doing in terms of the offense and the defense. And, and the Jets, they're trying to figure it out as they go. So this division, if you were predicting it, obviously Patriots. Yeah. And then who's next? You're saying Jets, I think Bills, Jets. Dolphins. I think it's the Jets. They're, they've got superior coaching on offensive and defensive side. They spent money in free agency. They've got talent. You know, they just got to put it all together. Buffalo, Buffalo is always paper thin. And once injuries set in, they start to fall apart as a team and an organization, and, and I expect that to be no different. Okay, well. And the Dolphins will be right there picking up the pack in the back. Dragging uh, the fuck along, yeah, just trying to hang on for dear life. Hoping for three wins, sneak up on somebody. What happens if the tank doesn't work? What happens if they don't get the first round draft? Everybody need to be fired. If you went this far, if if you, seriously, if you went this far to be this bad and you fuck it up, like, like, wouldn't that be so Dolphins though? Wouldn't that be? It it would be extremely Dolphins. I just don't see it happening. Uh, You know, so, to me, the only way that they can win games is if Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balazs just comes out and has a Jay Ajayi-type year where it's like, oh, this is my offense, put it on my back, let me carry it. And I don't see that. Or, or they have some wide receiver just start to dominate. I think Preston Williams is a very talented player. I just don't think he's mature enough to be what they need right now. He's the rookie, the undrafted rookie with, with problems and – you know, he's he's got talent. He got talent. He just not there up here yet. And it's gonna take him a minute. Like his first play of the game, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick calls an audible for him to do a route adjustment. Hey, he, he ain't get it. Like he ain't get it. He ain't know. Damn. And that that's just that's what happens when you play rookies. Like, think about it. I'm trying to count. I think there were like four undrafted rookies in the starting lineup, if not regular rotation, undrafted rookies. Think about that. That's that. That's, that's a tank for your ass right there. That's a fucking tank, dog. That, that's crazy. That is – that's what they're doing. And, you know, well, either, either they're the most inept, poorly run organization in all of the NFL and probably NFL history, or it's intentional. You're, you choose which one you want. I think it's karma for what they did to Jason uh, – Jason Taylor, all those years ago, when he had to put that Jets uniform on because they, they, didn't, they didn't want to give him. They're doing him right, right now. They're doing him right. They got him in the broadcast. That's booth. what I'm saying. They got, they, got a, they got a lot of work to do. Jason Taylor is royalty in these Not streets. Jason Taylor. People, people don't realize they forced Dan Marino into retirement. That too. They pushed that him too. out the door. Yeah, they, they've done a lot of wrong in this organization for a, a, a number of years. The people who have been wrong, they won't speak up now because they've been taken care of by the organization. But karma, karma, come back to you. I do believe in karma. Like as much as as much as I want this organization to fail, I I 
find myself rooting for them because I still have what I consider family members on this roster. And I, I don't give a fuck how we were treated or whatever happened. We got our money. And so I want my friends who I call family to get their money and to be successful and do well. So I'm always rooting for them as long as I got family on the fits. First of all, my nigga, that's my nigga. I don't care how white he is. That's my nigga. You know, I fuck with Rashad. You know, I fuck with uh, Walt. Uh, yeah. I just become me and Xavier are building a relationship on social media. You know, we're going to start there. But, you know, uh, Bobby is my, my guy. You know, I got a lot of people in that locker room that I respect and I love and I care for. And I don't want this for them, you know, but this is a part of the business. This is it what is. happens. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them to be successful and at least healthy and happy at the end of the season. NBA teams tank all the time. Yeah. Now we're seeing an NFL team. The, the, the Indianapolis did it too. So yeah. people yeah. just – They suck, yeah. People look the other way when they did it because they're like, oh, it's injuries and, you know, we kept throwing out bad quarterbacks. Oh, no, you was intentionally tanking. Now, unfortunately, you're, you're watching – a NFL team say, hey. Is this what? probably the worst tank we've ever seen, Omar, for real? This is bad. Yeah. They went too far with the tank. They didn't they have did. to go they this did. far. They did. They, they've gone too far. They have gone too far. But here's the thing. The way they were – before I went to Africa, I was like, you know what? They could fuck around and win like five games. And Remember now, I told you they could be 0 and 16, and you was like, no way. I said, this look bad, Omar. This look 0 and 16. They, no, before I went to Africa, they could have fucked around one, four, five games, and then had, like, the number two and number three pick. And Chris Rear was like, no, 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 no. We going all the way. Nigga, and then we it was got, just like. We diving in the deep end on this Oh, yeah, well, we going all the way in. And I came back, like, I was watching the transactions from Africa, you know, trying to keep up. And I was just like, really? What? Like, some of the decisions that they made, they paid T.J. McDonald. His salary is paid for the year to go away. Like, by, I would have had that nigga running on special teams. Like, okay, nigga, you can run down the field, tackle somebody else. But he would have been Walt Aikens for $5 million. Yeah. And some of the stuff that they did was just like, yeah, maybe TJ said, nah, I want to be part of this fuck shit. But it's, it was mind-numbing to me the lengths that they went to be a bad team. I was like, yeah. like, dude, you was already going to be a bad team. Some injuries, to add a couple more injuries, you, you would have been an even worse team. But, like, yeah. like really? It would have naturally happened, but they didn't yeah, let it naturally they, happen. They didn't want to take no chances. They didn't want to take no chances. It ain't going to naturally happen. We just going to – and now they've dug such a hole for themselves, they got to dig themselves out of it. Which yeah. Now you got to fuck around and try to win some games <laughs> just to make your team feel like we ain't just shitting on y'all. Yeah, exactly. Now, they, they have to work harder to get the players' respect. And I respect the fact that they're actually trying to do that by acknowledging, yo, we as coaches, we fucked up. We – we fucked up in the season opener. We will do a better job. Now we're going to hold you accountable for the execution because the execution wasn't good either. But I'm waiting for that moment where I can watch the film and see niggas not trying. And that's, that's what's next. Yes, that's what's next. You, yeah. you know it from the Joe Philbin 
the Joe Phillips' final year where they was just like, fuck this bullshit. I ain't finna get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I watched and, it. I was a part of it. I saw it all. So we'll see. Yeah. And they're not at that level yet, but it's getting close. And the problem is that they think that, oh, okay, well, everybody that quits on us or makes a business decision, we could just purge them too. Like, no, no, yeah. no, you can't. Yeah. Much trust is trust is a very important thing in in, uh, in professional sports. And once you lose trust in your management, once you lose trust in your coaching staff, it's not hard. It's not easy to come back from that. Speaking of trust, you have a head coach who um, literally shit on your best receiver by basically disrespecting his protest and saying that he grew up in an affluent neighborhood, biracial, went to schools that have predominantly white kids who yeah, all grew up. said that? Uh, uh, Marcellus, uh, oh, 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 and that, your that. head coach and your head coach pretty much backed it up and it said, "Well, yeah, I went to this school. I'm from the hood. I'm from the projects. I'm from, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm from that, and I I know that life." Basically, tried to say they don't know this life, Omar. That's no, what he. That's what I, he. What I, are you I think, trying to say? I think, you, I think you misinterpret what actually happened because I think Brian. Tell me this. Tell me what. Happened. He embarrassed himself by creating the distraction. You say to your team, okay, don't be a distraction. You sat down and you had a talk with Kenny Stills about don't be a distraction. And then you create a distraction. And after, because we as a media, uh, let me give you the background to this. We as a media, we sat there and we debated amongst ourselves, is this really a story? Because he, and we came to the conclusion, he was undermining Kenny. No matter yes. what he wants to say, yes. he was undermining him, belittling him, saying to Kenny, oh, well, and, and then the story comes out. They had two days to, sh to shape the story and two days to shape what Brian, please, you know, Jason Jenkins, what was said is, is orchestrated. So mm -hmm. Brian Flores had to fall on the sword and say, hey, I support this movement. I support this cause because I grew up in Stop and Frisk and blah, blah, blah. I commend all the people who, who protested. Why didn't he say none of that in the previous three months? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that he did it, but yeah, I know I mean, why he had to do it. Yeah, because he, he had to like do it. Yeah, you like a fucking idiot. And for me, I have a problem with anybody thinking that just because you didn't grow up in a certain area or neighborhood that you can't speak to that. My son, to racism. Exactly. my son is growing up with a silver motherfucking spoon in his mouth and then you're getting $100,000 every year in his trust. That does not mean Aiden Grimes will not be able to attest to the fuck shit that is happening to black people and I don't understand why somebody thinks that you have to have been in it to understand it. We would not be where we are today, which we still aren't where we're supposed to be, but we wouldn't be here if not for the people that weren't affected. There, we need people that weren't affected. Majority white people are not affected by what we go through. What if none of them speak up? What if none of them say anything? Where they, would we be? part of the marches in Selma. The Where would we be without the people that aren't affected? It takes yeah. everybody to understand, hey, these people are right. What's going on is wrong. Why would you even compare 
where you grew up to where somebody else grew up because they're protesting for something that is that is right. That, that's a Marcellus Wiley thing, and 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 understand the network that he works for, the people that he works for, and that's what they want. Like if you look at everybody, not not everybody, because. Um, um, uh, Shannon Sharp works for that exact same network and he don't do that fuck shit you're right you're right you're right but you know what it, it would be it would be a very easy route for me to be a sellout and make a lot of money Woo, me too yeah, yeah. Like, I'm gonna be on ESPN right now selling <laughs> the fuck out and, and, and making money yeah. that's easy but my conscience is too you know uh, I, I have I have to live with the I have to live with the decisions that I make and the imprint that I have on my community and can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't sleep well at night. I can't, I wouldn't be able to. I can't, I can't sleep well at night, but I don't think Flores was challenging that Kenny Stills grew up any type of way like Kenny Stills. And, and this is where people have to understand with the media that's here covering Kenny Stills in this situation. We all stood with Kenny Stills, white, black, not, except for one, you know. Obviously. He's standing with Trump. The, the, um, the pork chop eating bitch. Go ahead. Um, and, and so we understand the struggle and the stress and the strife. I've had a co conversation with Kenny, like, I, and I've said this to you. I don't like to write about race. And while I know it's part of my responsibility to write about race, I don't like to write about it because of the repercussions and ramifications that come with it. When when I was living down south, a motherfucker used to ride his four by four through my lawn, tearing my lawn up, knocking over my mailbox. Um, anytime I wrote about race, and to the point where FBI had to get involved. Yeah, you should have shot him, Omar. I'm sorry. This is a carry state right here, my nigga. I'd have shot at that motherfucker, and he had to deal with that. That's actually a good point. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I had to do it the legal way and get the FBI involved. But listen, the hate mail that I get, not not honestly, not even working for my own conscience because it bothers me and disturbs my spirit. And to think about Kenny Stills going through that, living through that on a regular basis, every day, every time he kneels, even when Albert Wilson kneeled, and I wrote a story about Albert Wilson kneeling. It's just a... Albert Wilson kneels. Gonna continue to don't plan to write any more stories about it. He's just gonna continue to kneel. Him explaining why he continues to kneel. Mailbox full of hate the next day. And this is what people don't realize what comes with this decision. Yeah. And what comes you need with support because there's so much hate coming from it. And you got a black quarterback, black head coach yeah. who isn't saying what Marcella said, but is saying. Very similar things about like when you when when you say that he didn't say what Marcella said he did not. However, he literally repeated the same things that Marcella said. The whole "I grew up here, I'm from here, I know what that's like." What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say these these players do not? No, they they uh, clearly they clearly do. He's trying to make himself relatable and. It was a good fall on the sword moment, made the story go away, but it doesn't. Un it, di it didn't mend the broken relationship. 
Because right. And if I were on that team and I would feel a way about this coach, I would not want him to be successful. I would not want him to win. I would not want him in any positive light. And me, and this is just who I am as a person. I understand that football has a different culture and they're like, you know, this is our locker room. Fuck them coaches. We're doing this for us. Me personally, I would be fucking up every play and be like, oops. I'm from the uh, the good neighborhoods. I don't know. Maybe I should have been from the projects and I would play harder. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. The next practice, even after his press conference, understand Kenny Stills is the guy who's always the front of the line every single drill. He's always sets the standards of what it's you know, shows everybody this is what it's supposed to look like. This is the type of effort that he's been a leader, two-time captain. Do you know the very next day Kenny Stills was in the back of the line and was basically like, fuck this shit. And I, I was not surprised. And the entire team saw that. Yes. I was not surprised when he got moved. Was not. Because yeah. Kenny, Kenny forced his way out of New Orleans. What makes you fucking think he won't force his way out of Miami? Nobody wants to be, nobody wants to intentionally be part of this fuck shit. No. And, and everybody knows what the fuck is going on. So, it, 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 so don't like even this Miami, Miami, what, what do they call it? Miami um, mutiny. There's no mutiny. There's just a whole bunch of players who are saying, if you basically, the only people that are here are people who need this opportunity. And there's the other guys who have, you know, you cut me, I'm going to go get another job next right. week. My contract is get a job out. anywhere. And, a lot of those people don't want to be part of this. And the ones who do or are willing to be part of this, they got contract extensions. Like right. Jesse Davis got a contract extension. Jakeen Grant got a contract extension. Okay, you you ready to run through the wall for this fuck shit? Okay, cool. We're going to take care of you. We're going to pay you 70 cents on the dollar, and it's going to be all good. And we, you know, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you like a woman. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. We're going to get out of here, Omar. Man, I appreciate your time. Um, hopefully, I see you on Sunday. Yes. Uh, I'll be there early enough. Yeah, come by the tailgate. Say hi. Have a crab cake and some vegan chowder. Vegan food ain't going to kill you, my nigga. I know. You know I had that vegan life for a minute till she decided to, to yeah, somebody, yeah. Put a, somebody put a rib in her mouth like, a year in, and it was. I over. was cracking up when you said, "Oh, she back. She off the wagon. This bitch <laughs> ain't a rib, and, and, and it's a wrap." Hey, uh, it, it, and I blame uh, it, Cam Wolf. He's he's my he's the ESPN uh, contemporary that works with the Dolphins. My wife went out with his wife. They went to her favorite restaurant. She ordered a rib. She ordered her little rib meal. My wife was like, "Oh, let me just taste it." It was over. It was, <laughs> from that point, she started stealing meat off my plate. I was like, okay, we back on that carnivore life. All right, okay. We back eating this dead animal now. Damn. Well, you know what? If y'all come back on this on this vegan wagon, we're going to have to have y'all over for dinner. We got to reestablish our bond. I'm back here in Davie. I've been gone three years. Yeah. Temporarily, because I, I, I do believe my nigga gonna get picked up by somebody. Listen, so Kansas City, they need. Hey, that would they be good. Let let's 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 make this shit happen. They put that need, in the air. Let's put that in the air. I, listen, they, they they gotta look and see. They need them. <laughs> you you want you want one third of your field 
taken care of. We don't of. even want all the money we deserve. Uh, yeah. We don't. Y'all just want to win. And he just, I just want my husband to have a smile on his face for a change. It's been six years of this. Every Sunday, he's like, we keep losing. I, I want to win. What I like, Brent, you're a corner. You can do everything you can, but you need a quarterback to yeah. win, baby. And we got to get you on a roster with a good quarterback. That's it. Philly. Philly call. Philly should be called. Hey, Philly. We'll do that, too. Yeah. That's home. Listen, exactly. If Sean is there. That's the homie. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's we. You know, we're going to wait. I, I respect exactly what he's doing, and he wants to do it his way. He wants the right opportunity. He wants to be happy. He wants to be respected. And so that's what we're waiting for. Until how, how, is he, how is he adjusting to, civil, civil, to, to civilian life? Well, also, nothing, he, took, nothing. he took Aiden to school, and I was just like, man. I know. That was his first time being able to take him to school on the first day. Isn't that – like, that's just – people don't understand – like the joy that 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 brought to our family, even my son, just to be able his dad to be able to be there on the first day. I, I really think that NFL teams and they're doing a better job of getting the mental component of the league in terms of like having psychologists. Not that people are going to trust to talk to these psychologists because they're going to believe they're snitching. Right. They are worried about the psyche of these athletes, and like even the first day of school. I'm sorry, but that should be a night practice for every team in the NFL. Like you should, you should at least make some type of adjustments for that, just so that it, it, if they're really about family, like they say they are, exactly. you know, what I'm saying? It, 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 they're not. You know, it's all business, and I get it because there's a lot of corporate businesses where the dad can't be there on the first day. So I understand that. So it's not like I, I would be pushing for that, but I just feel like that would be something that would be so great if the NFL actually was like, okay, in this area, the first day of school is this. So we're going to allow you guys to come first in at 9 o'clock. Nobody show up till noon. Like, yeah, everybody, coaches, everybody. That, that would be really nice. And it, it, need, it, it, it really starts with the players and, and hopefully the union and the players association and everybody steps forward and says, hey, like even the health of coaches now, like you got coaches out here having heart attacks. Because they're there all fucking day, 24 seven. Let me tell you, I used to talk, I, I was very good friends with the GMs and head coaches in the Philbin era and all that. And when I would go over to these women's houses and have drinks with them, and, and, and they would tell me their stories. I felt bad for complaining about how much my husband is at practice, hearing them say that their husband don't even come home certain that they sleep in their office. Yes. And I'm just like, for what? Adam Gates used to have a, a, had a, an apartment that he would just sleep in. I think, I don't know if it was across the street and then just walk to the yeah. building. There's all apartments right across the street. A lot of players lived in there too. And I'm just like, why would you do that? What would you, what is the, why do you need to be there that long? It makes no sense. Cause you coming from a basketball background and mentality and, yeah. and it's 82 games or wherever your college season is. And these people don't, they don't realize you're killing yourself for what, or for what, for this billion dollar oh, business. Oh Lord. Dollar business. Man. Well, listen, we're going to get out of here, man. I appreciate you oh, once again. Hopefully see you Sunday. If not, we're we going to get together for dinner. I'm going to invite y'all over. 
for okay. a vegan meal, try to get y'all back back on the wagon a little bit. Have a vegan, how about meatless Monday? We'll invite y'all over on a Monday. We can watch the Monday night football, have yes. a vegan meal, and, and just reconnect, because you my, you my nigga, you my family. I love you. You know you're my family, too. Yeah, and we got to connect. We got to catch up. All right. I'll holler at you later, all right? All right. Talk to you later. All right, peace. Thank you guys for joining me for episode 181 once again. Um, if you don't know, I'm having a live show October 26th here in Miami at Miami Light Project. You can find the link at iHeartMikoLive.com to get your tickets. Uh, please spread it out. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good show. Uh, NFL season's back, so you can expect a lot of shit talking from me, a lot more episodes. Um, but we're going to have a great season, you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. You still stutter after certain questions. You keep in contact with certain exes. Do you, though? Trust me, nigga. It's cool though Said that you was working But you out here chasing culo And putas Chilling poolside Living two lives I could've did what you did to me To you a few times But if I did decide to slide Find a nigga Fuck him Suck his dick You would've been pissed But that's not my MO I'm not that type of bitch And karma for you Is gonna be who you end up with Don't make me sick nigga I adore I gave you